Welcome to the latest episode of the Aussie Villa podcast. I'm Paul, your host. You can get me on Paul underscore football on Twitter or at Aussie Villains on Twitter as well. You can also get us on Australian Villa fans on Facebook. All things Villa from an Aussie perspective. So good, so good, so good. But what an effort and what a moment for you, one that you'll, you'll never forget that, will you? Nah, um, obviously I was came from Roby, uh, bring, uh, passing the ball back through and I knew that I had it as soon as I seen it, like the light come out for me and obviously put the ball in the back of the net and it's the proudest I've ever been of myself and obviously a f- family probably screaming at the TV when I... Um, when I hit the back of the net, and yeah, I've never been so proud of my life. It happened all so quick, and yeah, as I say, I'm, I was just happy to score, and yeah, hopefully many more. Very emotional. You, I didn't know whether you were laughing or crying, probably both at the same time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah like, obviously, we well, was working really hard before, and so was everyone else, and um, when I celebrated, uh, just everything uh, came out of me and for the celebration, because of, like, relief. Villa podcast. We have okay. Scott and Brad. Uh, both, well, let's say you can't be a Villa fan without being staunch. And uh, thanks for being on board, boys. Thanks, thanks, Paul. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have fellow villains uh, on a podcast. Uh, thanks for having us, Paul. Too many mates who follow leads, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I know it's a little bit hard, but we've been friends for years. So, oh, Scott, um, wow. being an Aussie that. villain, mate, tell us how it all happened and, you know, why the fires keep burning. Mm. Um, well, uh, I was born in Birmingham. Uh, we moved out here when I was five. And um, I just remember yep. getting into football around the sort of Italian 90 World Cup. Um, that was probably one of my first sort of memories of football. And then me and my dad watching the games and they had a, you know, he said, oh, this guy plays for Villa, David Platt, and we're going to get behind him. And then the next season I started watching the the games on the, the old uh, ABC English soccer Monday night show. Um, and... Sorry, Scott, you still there? Sounds like he's breaking up a bit. Yeah, a little bit. You still there, Scott? <laughs> no, we got a fair bit of it up yeah, until still, yeah. I think the ABC. Did, did and you not get any out. of that? Right. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. Basically, um, that Ron Atkinson team of the early '90s was probably the first sort of team that I, you know, identify with. And then, um, we, yeah, it's been, it's it's been pretty full on ever since. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I started. My my all my family on my dad's side are Villa fans. So, um, stood yeah, by them, which I love to hear, and the, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really. a common theme all over the world, isn't it? The family part of it, but then you've moved to another country, and you would have had a lot of a lot of Liverpool, what a Man U shirts around, and you probably would have found it very yeah. hard to find a Villa shirt in Australia back in those days. Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, I actually thought they didn't exist. I, I remember. No, it's true. I, I remember going to um, the Jim Kid store, the sports store in my local sort of neighbourhood, and they had Man United, uh, Liverpool, Arsenal. Um, and I think that's probably about it. And then um, I went to the big one in the city. Um, I remember to buy shoes, and they had a Villa shirt up on the on the sh- on the uh, on the rack. And I just remember <laughs> saying uh, to my mum and dad, like. I have to go home with that shirt, basically. It was probably extra, extra, extra <laughs> but large, but you I got it anyway. And, uh, and what about yourself there, there, Brad? Um, yeah, my story a bit different. I've, yeah. I was uh, I was born in the south of England, so being English and not having a Brummie accent was always a strange one as to why I support Villa. Um, but my dad's side were from Birmingham, and my nan and granddad were married in Aston Church, so there was never any real there was never any other team, uh, even though my dad was born south as well. It was, he lived in Birmingham for a little while, but um, yeah, we sort of, I grew up right on the south coast um, in Kent. So all my friends are West Ham, Palace, Chelsea, Arsenal, like all London sides. Um, yep. There's probably, yeah, there's not many Villa fans. Well, there's probably a few more now that I'm a bit more involved, um, but there wasn't many at my school, put it that way. So, um, and then when I come out here, to be honest, it was hard getting to games. It was probably a four-hour trip up there, which, to be honest, now doesn't sound as much. Now I'm living over this side, but <laughs> in England, four hours is like you don't really, you know, it was it was a it was a tough gig to go up there. Although I did I did enough games, but it was hard to get to, you know, more games. So as I come over here, yeah. I kind of not that my my love is any different from when I was at home, but I just. I don't know, you, you really realise how much you miss it. So, yeah. the years of being in the Championship and getting up at all all hours, like I, I didn't, I think my first six years I missed one game and that was due to being so, so had a few too many beers and, and uh, <laughs> the alarm couldn't get me up. But um, yeah, and then I, I, I'm lucky enough to do the whole New South Wales chairman um, with, the, with the club and um, with the Sydney New South Wales group. So, that's really again boosted my um, my interest and having that connection with the club as well is you know it's nice to be able to do something for for the people of Australia or New South Wales anyway. So absolutely agree. And um, uh, basically, my background is you know six or seven years old playing football. Um, I'd play soccer. Sorry, I have to say the word. I'd play soccer in the morning and then AFL or football in the afternoon. Loved them both just as much. And everyone, my club was um, Karingal Red Devils, so everyone followed Man U and Liverpool. And just my coach um, wore a Villa top one day, and I just fell in love with that top. And I said, "That's the team I'm going to follow." Mm-hmm. Two years later, we win the, uh, you know, our European Championship. Um, so you can't, I can't complain too much. I was nine years old. I don't remember one bit of it. I've had to watch it on replay. Um, but I'm really proud that we're villains. Um, it would be so easy to follow. I don't want to say a bigger club. I can't stand the whole small club, big club, medium club thing. But how easy it would be for a lot of people to go and follow one of the teams that wins regularly. Yeah. I, I love the fact that we did, we, we love our villain. Yeah, it makes it interesting every week, doesn't it? So, you never... so did uh, anyone lucky enough to get up this morning and, and watch our basically yeah. uh, primary school team play? It, yeah. What 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 were your thoughts? Yeah, I, yeah, I got up as well. Yeah, um, it was great. 
Well, um, I thought <laughs> they were brilliant to a man uh, or to a boy, should we say. Uh, it was... Um, Hmm. Uh, the the thing that really stood out for me is was the shape of the team and the way that they closed down and the way that they uh, they were in sync and their shape kept very compact and um, yeah they kept very compact and they were in sync and they they just looked like a proper team and um, I think we we made Liverpool look average for about you know at least the first half and, the, and then when they brought on their changes. And we got tired. The game obviously changed, but um, no, I, no, I, I think what you, you said about the defence was, was pretty amazing. And to see a, a bridge um, um, header after header out defensively, and uh, and then and then you know to see that as you said, the shape they pushed up when they needed to, they dropped yeah. back, and it's just surprising to see the results they're getting in the under twenty threes. Uh, I was actually, I mean, I knew our results beforehand, but it, I find it hard to believe the results and maybe those results they don't care they're saying hey let's play this shape let's get you ready for opportunities in the first team down the track that you know with being an outsider to the under 23s maybe that is something that's happening the results don't count how you play does yeah well i saw they lost 8-1 to sunderland under 23s recently so um yeah, that's quite a um, quite an improvement on that performance uh, to only lose four one to uh, the Premier League champions and you know European champions from a couple of years ago. So, and the fact that they had to bring on their big guns off the bench uh, when I'm sure they would have liked to have rested them, um, it just shows uh, what an unbelievable performance uh, from yeah from the kids and. Delaney should be uh, yeah, I think it's, very I think proud the football of, world a little bit will, these uh, kids did will take a bit of notice of that. And, it's definitely, uh, uh, from my view of the game, I think the, it was the composure from the team. Like, it, they didn't they didn't hmm. panic. They went 1-0 down. And, like, I, we're in a little punters group, the Villa, about eight of us. And I said, I straight away, I said, this this will be 10 plus. Like, it's, and you just feel for them because you're playing arguably, well, definitely arguably one of the best teams in the world. It's... Um, I mean, the class showed in the end, and the you know the the fitness of the players. But to to not crumble at one nil after you know five minutes was brilliant, and to come back and they just kept going and going. And you can, I mean, Liverpool did batter them, but you, again, you're talking about a team with with no experience, but they they managed themselves and carried themselves well, and you know didn't you could have easily crumbled there. I mean, we've we've seen it with Villa first teams when we went down. You know, we would have crumbled there and. They just, yeah. They, I mean, it was amazing to watch. It was to watch, you know, lads that, lads that they're they're playing with players they had like are absolutely amazed by. You know, they're probably marking Salah, thinking, "Oh my God, I can't believe I'm standing next to Mo Salah." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And did you see? Uh, did you see the 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 end of the game when Barry swapped his uh, yeah. shirt over? Yeah. And he was told to go yeah, and get it back. Like you don't you don't give away a debut shirt. I thought that was hilarious. I think he got yeah, the shirt back. Class. Yeah, he ran down the tunnel and got it back off for me, didn't he? Which I think is right. absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But uh, yeah. nice, nice composure in his finish as well, which uh, bodes oh, well right. for the future. Yeah, he's absolutely. Yeah, and it was a great ball as well. I think um, at at first viewing, it looked like it might have been a bit of a lucky ball, but 
Um, no, it was a, it was a, it was a great, a great pass, and um, yeah, Barry looks like you know he could be a proper player, but it oh, is definitely still you only have to look at the bill. You know, you hear it a lot in sport of boys versus men, but this literally was boys versus men. Their body shapes and everything made Liverpool look like they were NFL players. So, uh, you know, that's um, – and, and, and as you said, the last half hour, they just ran out of legs, and that's going to happen at that age. So, proud result for us this morning. Yes, we're out of the FA Cup, and I think it puts to bed um, a little bit where the FA Cup now lies, the fact that they wouldn't let us postpone the game and we basically had to play boys. It, do you think it takes the shine off the FA Cup even further? Um, I think going forward, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, I I don't like a lot of this sort of um, big club, you know, don't take the FA Cup seriously and the the way that, you know, it, it has lost a bit of its shine. But I think for, you know, um, 90% of the clubs out there, uh, it's still an amazing competition. And um, I, yeah, I, for, for, for instance, if Villa were to win it, it would be, yeah. you know, one of the greatest days of my Villa life. So, um, yeah. So, like, yeah, from that point of view, it's a shame that, you know, we're in this situation with COVID and everything and the game had to go ahead and, you know, I can understand it, but... Um, you know, hopefully once we get a vaccine and all this blows over, um, it can get a bit of its uh, sort of shine back. But, yeah, it's um, it's definitely not what I remember. Any comments being, there? Any further into- comments uh, about the FA Cup? Yeah, I don't know. It, it has taken a bit of a backseat recently. It's, um, I, I mean, it's such a beautiful cup because it's, it, I mean, you, the amount of times we've seen, you know, Exeter, I think it was Exeter United, Things like that, that small teams make it through. And I mean, it's another great story this morning. Like that wouldn't have happened if it was a league game. You wouldn't have seen the under-23s playing Liverpool. So, you know, it's, it really does make memories that other no other competition can. It's um, And it's a shame. I mean, you have to give it to Klopp. He's gone out there and, by, you know, he's going to try and win the FA Cup with that team that he's put out. He's got... Yeah. So it's glad, I'm glad to see him taking it seriously and hopefully you know, other clubs should really because domestic cups are still a massive thing it's um i mean we would have i'm pretty sure he would have put out a you know fairly strong team because you can't you can't just give up a, a good cup run is massive i mean look at us what two years ago when we made the the cup final it's what was it last year i can't remember last year wasn't it um it does give you that confidence and it does you, you need to be you need to be taking them cups seriously just for mainly confidence and Let's be honest, it, Premier League for us to win a, a Premier League right now is, you know, whereas a cup run, you've got a lot more chance, as we proved, we got to the final and we're unlucky, I thought, against City, you know, so. Oh, exactly. And, and look, in the end, teams yeah. are there to win things. So, you know, you've any chance you've got to win a, a, any kind of uh, cup trophy yeah. or title, yeah. you've got to go for it. Um, guys, I want to touch on, it's a, it's a little bit... Uh, of a time ago now, but our, our 2-1 loss to Man U, um, it just shows to me how far we've come. The fact that we went away from that game so bitterly disappointed, a lot of us, and I can't speak for either of you, but the fact that we went away from that game so bitterly disappointed shows how far we've come in less than a year. Go on, Scott. 
yeah, um, I I really enjoyed the performance. I think it was good that we came back from a goal down. Um, I, you know, we obviously lost the game in the end, but um, it's something that, you know, it's one area of a game that, you know, hasn't been great this season. Once we've gone a goal down, we've sort of, we tend to lose those matches. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we we also saw some good, you know, good performances from individuals. I thought Douglas Louise, Matty Cash, uh, Isri Konsa, um, you know, I thought Grealish in the second half showed what he was about and McGinn. And we, we looked like a top six team. We looked like we gave um, Man United a proper sort of run for their money. And, you know, it was a, it was a dodgy sort of penalty. I mean, it probably was a penalty, but then if it's not given, I don't think it's overturned. It's one of those ones. So I think overall we were just a bit unlucky and um, yeah, we've got like, plenty of confidence going Brad, yeah, anything my, to add I mean, there? My frustration became before that with West Ham and Brighton. I think them two games, we had every chance. Yeah. I mean, and, and then you go to Burnley. The only reason the Burnley game doesn't get called as much is because we was it Burnley? Uh, the twenty-seven shots was it Burnley? Yeah, it was. Burnley, yeah, so yeah, like yep. I mean, the reason we didn't the frustration the, yeah, the nil, nil, yeah. there for me was because we didn't lose the game. But West Ham and and uh, Brighton, we you know we were we were better than them for ninety minutes. Just silly goals again, and I was really frustrated after both of them because we were we were so much better than them, you know, and and I thought. And then we went to Burnley and absolutely, you know, run the show. So to go to Chelsea and get a point, I thought was good. And then to play United, I probably wasn't as frustrated as I was with West Ham and, and Brighton. I think Man United had yeah. their chances and so did we. I was disappointed that we lost to a penalty that I don't think was a penalty. And I think one all was probably a fair result. Um, but for sure, like, you know, we were in the game the whole time and, We've definitely come a long way. I think we definitely needed Ross Barkley in that game. I feel like we needed someone to feed it to so that Jack could be a bit more free. In the end, he started, you know, trying to play that Ross Barkley role, really, because he wasn't wasn't getting enough ball. But yeah. They, um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely clicking. And I like the fact that we've, you know, we've, mm. a lot of people are getting a bit fickle with Smith and oh, I'm not sure. But now he's been able to get the team he wants. I, I just, I'm so impressed that we keep going we keep keep pushing, you know. There's no like at one all you kind of do you close down the right hand side that we were getting dominated a bit and, and try and close out a one all, but he didn't. He just he keeps going, you know, and he that's Dean Smith all over. He doesn't he just goes to score more than they do and if we do we win. If we score the same we draw and if we you know, if we don't we, we lose. He's he's quite black and white like that, which I enjoy, you know. There's no yeah, not, he doesn't try and change things up too much. He goes there to try and score more goals than the other team, and if you do that, like I say, you win. So it's well the the, the draws the draws against the bigger teams. Um, look, let's, let's face it. I mean, you're better off winning a couple and losing a couple yeah. to getting the draws here and there because the three points is just so valuable, and especially this year. Um, whilst we might not think we're ready. There's a European spot up for grabs. We're in a position to at least say, "Hey, oh my God, we can." You know, can we? I can't even believe we're even mentioning that Europe's a possibility. Long way to go. We're in eight, twenty six points. Mm. Uh, 
Well, the next month, I think, with with what happens with COVID, with all this, uh, with the outbreak at the club, and how many players come back straight away? Because if you look at Newcastle, yeah. they've still got a couple of players that haven't come back, and that's been three weeks or so. So, um, yeah, that's going to play a big role. I think one thing I did enjoy like on a side note with the main United game is um, yeah. I thought with Keenan Davis when he came on like and that chance at the end um, <laughs> I'm still a believer that there's a player in there I know he doesn't score goals and I think he can do something if he just got one or you know if that if he put that late chance away I don't know but, like he could give us another option and we could move Ollie you know, to maybe a more wide role and, you know, just for the last sort of 20 minutes of the game, if needed. Um, but I thought that was that was interesting. Uh, and, you know, Traore is sort of stepping up now. I wasn't too sure the first few games he played if he would sort of have the, the fitness and the discipline and the, the kind of tactical awareness to be... Um, a good option for us, but he's he's done amazingly the last couple of weeks, and um, yeah, like looking forward to the next game. And I think what you said how we go um, from here with Davis does come into play with Watkins as well. He's so close to scoring a hatful of goals, and I just want one to go in for him because he's creating opportunities and he's so close. It's not like he's playing badly yeah. and not running for the team. You know, we've, we've seen it with players before and I'm not going to mention names. So I don't want to put them down. We've seen it where they're not putting the chances away. So they drop their head. They stop chasing, but he don't, he never gives up for 90 minutes. No, never complains. Never. Um, yeah. Never shows bad body language. Um, he is a dream, apart from the fact that he's going through a little bit of a lean spell. But I don't. I have no. Yeah. And your thoughts here, Brad? It's always been. It seems to always be a thing with us with strikers. You know, they. they, they I mean, Ollie's definitely. I really like watching him play, and he will score goals. For me, like, if you're going to play Davis and you, and you want to keep him in your plans, I'd like to see it switched up a bit. I'd start Davis and give him, you know, give him forty-five and give Ollie forty-five because. I don't see bringing him on for the last five minutes all the time. He's good at holding the ball up, but he doesn't really bring him on to do that. He brings him on to try and nick a goal late. So I'd like to see Davis play a little bit more. And I know the fans say, oh, he doesn't score. But, you know, he doesn't really get the minutes to score. And I know he hasn't got a great history, but we've seen every time he comes on, he's had some great chances. And, you know, if, if you've only taken, if you've only got two chances in the last five minutes and you're highly under pressure in them five minutes, I'd like to see him, you know, give Ollie not a rest, but just just mix it up a bit, you know, like make it healthy. Because Ollie running for ninety minutes, you know, it's, it's one thing I will say about Smith. He, we always have a bit of a joke on the group, but you know, when when's he going to make a sub? And I mean, some games he doesn't. I mean, <laughs> you've got three subs, just just freshen it up a bit, which yeah, gets, it hasn't really done us any harm. But yeah, we got to use the subs because it's, you know we haven't got great depth. So if you yeah. are in a comfortable lead, which West Brom was was the prime example, we were three 0 up and he never made us up. And um, for me, I just I'd, I'd like to see Davis like, give him give him the first half and give give him the first half. Yeah. It's going to do no harm to either of them. And and like you say, if Davis nicks a goal, 
banned Ollie. That we know Ollie will score goals, but I feel Davis is the same. And if you've then got that hunger, if if Davis goes and scores a couple, how do you then not play in the next game? And then Ollie knows he needs, you know, you want that fight. But at the moment, Ollie knows he's playing. He, he knows he's starting. Absolutely. Davis knows he's going to play if he does the last five ten minutes. So probably not that hunger. Although Davis wants it, you give him forty five, he comes off and he's going to go. Wow, I can't wait to get back out there. You know, it's feel like there's not enough competition up there. And I know there's yeah, like Wesley, but. It, it, and and that will give another a flair to it, but I would I'd try and I'd be throwing Davis in a you know even give him the last twenty five or something you know give him a bit more he nicks a goal and suddenly you know then you've got a problem up there but it's the problem we want you know it's... Uh, exactly right exactly yeah I I I agree hundred percent as well I think that um it just gives us more ammunition um. And in, in games like the West uh, West Brom game, would have been perfect to bring him on after 55 minutes. Um, and, yeah, I, and leave Oli on the pitch. Like, you know, move, move him, you know, wide or, you know, or, I mean, you can just, li- hmm. I think the perfect example is, is listening to Jack talk about Keenan Davis and the way that he talks about his, um, his qualities and, you know, like as soon as he's on the pitch and Jack gets the ball, he's looking for Davis's feet, and he because he wants to be in that next phase. You know, he wants to give it to Davis and then get get it back. You know, and he knows that yeah. you know there's a good chance yeah. of that happening because he he is quite a I, intelligent. I, I think what you what you're talking about there also um, about the competition is something that's really seen us flourish this year. It's a fair bit of competition um, down back now. Um, and I don't want to bag Mings because enough people do that, but there's so much competition there. You know, you got House and uh, Mings and Konza and those guys, and we haven't had a solid defence in... I don't even remember the last time we had a solid defence, and we haven't even yeah. mentioned Martinez yet, uh, but that defence must give the, the guys yeah, going forward so I, much confidence. I definitely agree with that. I mean, And you've got Target, uh, you've got... El Ghazi and oh, uh, Trezeguet yeah. obviously fighting for that for that as really? well now. El Ghazi, Trezeguet and um, and Traore, which you know is another good problem. Gosh, you're making me uh, you're making me feel a bit more confident about Villa after this conversation, guys. We we say we haven't got much depth, but the depth for those immediate eleven spots or the competition starting to really build, and that's what you absolutely need. So. Uh, a quick transition across to January signings. We know you're going to pay overs in January. Um, I don't know what the latest is. I've stopped trying to follow the latest until something becomes solid. But uh, Ericsson, any updates on Ericsson Not at the moment me. you guys have heard about? No, just the general sort of rumour talk. But... Um... To be honest, I, I, I'm not sure we need Ericsson right now. I mean, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't yep. see Smith going for. I mean, we've got Barkley. I know he's injured, but we've got we've got a few options in that sort of uh, attacking midfield role. Like you know, Jack's playing there at the moment. That's a good. That's an interesting issue. What do you guys think about him since he's come? to the middle of the pitch. Um, I, I feel like when he's on the, he's on the left, he seems to be a bit more effective, but I know that 
you know, a lot of people have differing opinions on that. I'm not sure. Like, for example, the game um, where we had the red card against West Brom. uh, Was it West Brom? Who do? Palace. Palace. He went back out to the left after the red card and we went to 4-4-1. And he seemed to be... With More Man United, effective. because um, he played five I, across the middle, El Ghazi and Jack. Jack was kind of used to playing in that left role now, and El Ghazi and him were kind of kind of stuck. And although they'd normally work well down the left, because Jack was so taken out of the game, they had they they were too easily marking him. Whereas if there was no one like Ross to run, open it up, and Jack can kind of split away, but it was too congested down the left, and Jack couldn't really get in the game. You know, they they defended very well yeah. against him, but that was because. He, he couldn't be his normal Roman self there, whereas him and El Ghazi were kind of stuck in there. There wasn't someone to carry that ball and, and try and, you know, Louise should be doing that. And he's very good at defensively, but he, he was kind of, you know, yeah. it, it was tight. United are a good side and they, you know, people, this is what I was, I was having quite a few conversations. We forgot that we were playing Man United, I think, some people. They, they're still a very good side. They're, you know, top of the league. And they, they kind of, they closed Louise down, so he couldn't run with it. He just needed that outlet to Barkley, and then Ross ended. Um, Jack ended up dropping back, trying to play that role. But then you miss him on the left, and I, I, for me, my my change would be to throw El Ghazi in as a Barkley because he's skillful enough and he can carry the ball. I'd like to see him try and be mm. that outlet player instead of Jack because, like like Scott said, Jack is very good on the left, and it frees him up. Him and Target work well, opens things up. But I think United they they. You know, again, they defended well. You can take nothing away from that. But I feel like we need that outlet player. Like Jack was in the championship, but now Ross has kind of taken over that role, freed Jack up. But And that's what that's what we've got to do, as we know. You free Jack up, you get him on the ball in space, the kid can do anything. It's, uh, yeah, it's proven. Yeah, I, I think it's... I think it's um... When he gets the ball on the left, he gets the ball um, facing the opposition's goal more often, and he can he can get the fullback one on one and face to face, and that's when he's at his most dangerous. When you've got defenders backpedaling without any sort of uh, cover, you know, and you know, he, and he's one on one. So, yeah, I I think once Ross comes back, he will go back out to that left hand side, um, and you know, I think that's probably his most effective position at the moment. I do like his uh, sort of ball retention side in that midfield when he is playing in there. We he gives us a calmness and a, a sort of a, a different way of playing. But you know, when you've got someone like Barkley, you know, you can definitely just move him left, and then he can be. I think I'll uh, probably say something there, tiny so. bit controversial here, and it's not deliberate. I, I just think I'd like to see Grealish be less. Um, sorry, be more selfish. And when he gets into that or near the box area, is take it on. Um, but he's always looking to be unselfish and play that you know beautiful pass for someone to finish. But I think every now and again, he just needs to take it on. I think he'll score a ton more goals. And that takes him from being a really good player to absolute world class because I know he's got it in him. We all do. And I just occasionally like to see him take it on a bit more. El Ghazi, yeah, he just shoots uh, <laughs> from anywhere with... Shoot on side. And, and people don't get annoyed. And he, El Ghazi can do it. I mean, look at the goal he scored. Uh, yeah. Was it Palace, the last goal? Absolute worldy. But he obviously does that a lot in training. And, and that's why they play him. But 
like you say, if Jack yep. did that as well, I mean, he picks his moments, but there are times when you think, like, why didn't you shoot? And he knows it. He, you know, he gets disappointed. But I think it's more him. He's trying to link up with Ollie and, you know, be that assist. But I agree. There's, there's definitely when he, when it, it's when he's got the defender on the back foot and he cuts inside and he can, you know, he's done it. He's done it a couple of times. He's cut inside and put it bottom corner. It's, um, you'd love to see him do it a bit more because he's, like you say, yep. that's. That's the next thing. Is just a few more goals, and then it's yeah, he's untouchable, really. Is it? I mean, you look at Kevin De Bruyne's really the only comparison. Bruno Fernando, I think, is a bit of a different player, but for goals, is Kevin De Bruyne? You know, scores probably quite a few more than Jack, but that's just him having that selfish confidence, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, is it selfish to score goals for us? <laughs> probably not, but. Maybe, you know, maybe one day Smith pulls him aside and says, mate, would it, today's the day, first half, you're near that goal, you just take the shots. Yeah. And that's going to keep the opposition guessing more. Instead of staying off Jack a tiny bit and when he's near the box, um, which, I've, you know, you've seen a fair bit, God, I'd love to see him taken on. And I reckon he'd get a fair few penalties as well. I really do. I mean, he gets fouled everywhere. Why not get fouled in the box? Mm. But, hey. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think he goes through waves of sort of um, self-confidence in that um, there was times where he was doing too much. Um, and then I think he was trying to be too unselfish, like you were saying. So um, I think, you know, like he just needs to get that balance right. I mean, it is hard. But, you know, for example, last season... Um, um, Graeme Soonis came out and said yep. that he was taking too many touches and he was too slow on the ball. And then I, I noticed the next three or four games after that, he made a, an effort to play the ball quicker and to also get the ball on the, you know, while he's going full speed, you know. Like, you know, very often he takes the ball, he takes a touch and then he'll, he'll stop, you know, and then he'll, he'll, he'll face up the, the fullback and then he'll go again. Um, and he was making a real effort to sort of just, you know, be direct and just as soon as he got it, attack. And, you know, that shows that he's obviously like still, you know, maybe trying to find his, his A game in terms of the best balance between, you know, being direct and dribbling and being a bit more selfish to being a bit more of a, a, facil- a facilitator and passing the ball, you know. So, um you know, I, I, I think, I, yeah, I think um, this season he, he's found a pretty good balance and the fact that Barkley's been there and, you know, yeah. taking no, a look, bit of pressure We're talking positives here. Well. I mean, you take us back a year, I don't think we would be, I don't know what kind of discussions we'd be having right now, but the fact that we're talking, you know, going for FA Cups down the track, we're talking about contending for European spots, Talking about a play like Ericsson maybe not being yeah, the right definitely. fit. It's, These are strange like, times indeed. Just going back, as I was saying at the start, when we were watching AVTV and, you know, if you missed the game, you couldn't watch it, getting up to watch it. And, uh, like, I, I enjoyed the championship time, to be honest. I, I went back to both playoff finals um, and watched both of them. And I, I like, like, we, were, we, yep. were, we were the the big dog in the championship, you know. It was it was brilliant because we, yep. we went from that to them playing in the Premier League and... I mean, the start of the, our first year, I thought we were brilliant. We just didn't get the results. But it suddenly, you know, you, you could get away with that in the championship. You could, yeah. we, there weren't them last five minutes of lack, lack of yeah. concentration. So it was, um, 
jump, I think, and it was a big jump for Jack, and obviously with the transfer news. So I think to him, as everyone knows, is amazing. But it's also it's so nice, I think, that we've kind of created a family now, and it, the fact that he's not going to go anywhere, and like you say, the the talk had we have gone down we'd be talking about now you know we'd be saying oh do you see Jack's goal at the weekend for whoever he'd have been playing for because you know let's all be honest there was no way he was going down to Villa yeah so it's it's crazy that the to come down to the last really last kicks of last season to what we're talking about now is um yeah and unfortunately as you know a lot of Villa fans are so fickle they they forget all that. They forget that, you know, last year, it wasn't rubbish, but we were, we were, you know, we were kind of unlucky and then we just made it our own problem. But from where, from after the COVID break to come back to what we've done to where we are now, you know, when you get beat by Man United 2-1 and people moan about it, you think you have to, you have to just keep taking the positives and they can only keep getting better. That's the, that's the lovely thing. It's, you know, where, where, when we do this podcast again in a few months, hopefully nice. we'll, uh, you know, we'll be saying, wow, you know, last time we were talking, we were, you know, you see, we're still not there, but they, they, every game we watch, you think, we're going, we're going to go to Spurs next, and, and you think, we, you know, we're going to give them a good game. It's, you're not, you're not going there thinking, oh, fuck, I hope we get a draw, or I hope we, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember these times um, where you're going into games, no matter who we're playing, and you're like, we've got a chance here. We've got a real shot. And it, it's a really nice feeling not to, um, turn on a game with dread but to turn it on with with you know some hope and enthusiasm as well so i'll put a bit of pressure on you here guys um where will we finish no fourth to sixth no 14th where are we going to finish eighth go on stay um Uh, i'll say i'll say seventh but yeah but but um yeah I, i think around there seventh eighth ninth um but I'll say seventh. I think that um, you know we've we've we can beat most of the sides in the bottom half because because of our style um, attacking style. It's um, I think that we will beat a lot of those teams and um, you know and we we you know we're competitive against the big boys. So um, yeah, I think we we've got plenty of plenty of upside. And I mean, you know, it's going to depend on injuries and um, this COVID uh, situation at the club and things like that. But um, yeah, um, I think there's enough um, enough sort of bad teams in that top half, if you like. Like you know, like there's a there's just quite a few of the big boys that are sort of struggling this season and. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can see us finishing yeah, I, you know, I, I sneaking into a European place. But I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, yeah. I, um, can't do it. Can't do it. I'll have to go seventh. I, I, I didn't want to have to. I'm going to say seventh. Start the season. Um, someone said, Where, what would you be happy with? And I said, honestly, if we finish 12th, I think, you know, that's that's a successful season. You're, you're comfortable there. It's, you know, it's not a great season. But we're still building. I said, if yeah. we finish eighth, I'd be really happy. I think that's a, that's a solid season. But the way we've started, there's no reason why we can't go on. But... I'm still going to say grounded and, you know, well, if we finish from that 12 to 8, yeah. I think it's a, another good season. There was definitely, like I said, the West Ham game, the Brighton game, we should never have lost them games. So, 
but you learn from them and they'll keep learning and, no. and um i think for next year you know then you then you say right if we can finish 10 to 6 and who knows we might we might you know do better than that but i think i'm going to stay realistic and just remember you know two years ago we were or was it two three years ago we were 15th in a championship when smith took over so it's incredible really. oh absolutely and signing of the year yeah that's fair. our signing of the year guys sorry I think I think just going back quickly. I think the Southampton game is the only game we've been Leeds Leeds pummeled us to be honest. Well, I I I I think the Leeds game was very much like the the opening goal. I mean, it would have been crucial. Um, I think like because Jack just went on that amazing run and uh, didn't finish. And then they went down the other end and scored. But, yeah, you can say the Leeds Emmy. game too. Um, but the signing of the season, oof, um, yeah, yeah, I think it has to be um, Matty Cash. I will, you know, I, I want to say as well, but because um, he's been absolutely unbelievable, um, and nobody probably saw that signing being as good as it has been, but. Um, but in terms of impact and He's yeah, incredible. I mean Martinez has changed not the just whole with team his, dynamic. Yeah, not just with his on field either. Um, if you look at his tweets and uh, interviews, he's fully bought in. I think you know being at Arsenal, a big club, and then not getting the opportunities and injuries and so forth, and now he feels like he is the number one man at Villa. You know, in terms of keeping and so forth. I think he's absolutely bought into the culture, um, and I love that so much. Yeah, he's a leader. I think behind Jack and maybe Tyrone, he, you know, he is, uh, you know, number one sort of captain, sort of uh, nominee for me. Like I can't see, you know, anyone else really having that kind of presence. That that sort of um, yeah, ability it's, it's, to just, you know uh, drag the team along and keep the team focused. It's the togetherness so, um, of all of them. Yeah, and I, I would love, love to see moment. captain when one they, day if Jack was the playing. Pitch, they're or, all mates, you know. know. They all you see him clapping hands and high fiving. Yes, it's so like it's been a long time since we've seen that. I mean, you go back to when we were relegated and the uh, you know the, with uh, Richards fighting with the fans and it was you know you go back to them things. Now you watch them go off yep. the pitch and they're like. They want to do things. They want to play for each other. And they, you know, everyone's yep. got each other's backs. Martinez is, you know, no one's kind of individual there. It seems like they're a real, they're really gelled. And going back to what you said, Paul, about Emmy really buying in there. He's like, he's gone there and it, let's be honest, he could have gone there thinking, you know, oh, so I'm kind of, this is a step down. But like you said, it's a step up for me. Like I'm now number one and I'm going to take everything. And he has, you know, he's just completely controls that back four and, Probably gives Tyrone a bit of a bit of leeway to be honest, because you know he was trying to do behind and in front, and I think that's Mings' biggest problem. He doesn't he hasn't trusted in anyone enough, yeah. so he tries to go himself, and then he finds himself unstuck, you know. Um, but I think with we in growing years, I think them them back three, they just look yeah. so comfortable. And with Emmy, I don't know if you know about his past. He used to play a lot of futsal apparently, so that's why he's so confident with the ball. I mean, when was yes. the last time you saw when you used to pass it back to a keeper and you used to think, oh, no, you know, just mm. kick it out, just kick it out. Whereas now they, they pass it and you think, oh, God, don't do that. But 
you know, suddenly there's that comfort. You feel comfortable watching the back four, and yep. I, I, you know, it's been a long time, like you said earlier, but it's been a long time since I can remember watching Villa and, and watching them play it out from the back and not going, oh, just kick it, just kick it. No, I absolutely love it, guys. This is a we'd love to have you on this podcast again. Going to get a lot of Villa fans from around the country. Uh, on might get some former players as well, but we'll see how we go there. Um, oh, plug your, plug yourselves out there, guys. Tell us wow. a, get, get a couple of plugs for yourselves. It's cool. your time to shine. Um, well, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I, I work um, at a little place called Phone Sales as a driver um, and a um, a cutter um, on the bandsaw and I, yeah, um, live here in sunny Perth uh, with my wife, Catherine, and my dogs. And, um, yeah, uh, it's it's great to come on the podcast. I've been a massive Villa fan, of course. And, um, yeah, I, I really love just, you know, getting on, the, on the, the Facebook group or getting in the chats and, you know, having – you know, a, a good debate with all the Villa fans from Australia. And I think we've got a really good community here. Everyone's really um, nice in the in the group. Everyone's kind of civil and we don't have any trolls or anything like that. And um, I think we've built a good little community there. And, um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to 2021 um, for all this COVID stuff to move on and for us to hopefully get back to normal life. And, um I know you guys in the East have got it a bit tougher than we have over here. And, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, especially in the UK, it's really terrible at the moment. And, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just hope we, you know, Villa can sort of give us a bit, bit of sort of hope. And how can these, people uh, follow you on social media? You've got a, a Twitter account there that you want to uh, put out? Yep. Yeah. Um, at Scotty Coops is uh, my Twitter and yeah, so you can get me there and um, yeah. Um, yeah. Catch all my comments about the games and I started a rendering company at the start of last year. I've got four guys at the moment working for me. Um, we're book, booked up to April. So if anyone wants to any rendering done, that's listening. Um, it's pure rendering solutions on Instagram. You can see my uh, my artwork on there. Um, so yeah, it's been a good year. I've actually got a baby villain on the way end of March. So I've been buying loads of villa clothes for for Woo-hoo! him. It's a little boy. So yeah, my life's about to change a lot. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm excited. Really, it's uh, exciting times all round. It's, it's definitely going to be a it's going to be a massive year for me. My sister actually gave birth this morning, so it's been, yeah. Oh, congratulations! What, what's your uh, what's your sister's name and what's your sister's oh, name and uh, uh, we'll, we'll go first is, name uh, and Bubba's name on there for you. And the baby's name is Molly. So, Molly, yeah. Oh, oh beautiful! Go. I've got it. I've, my oldest daughter's Holly. So, oh, well Oops. done, guys. Well done. Um. Oh, very exciting. <laughs> yeah. So Pure Rendering Solutions, we can follow that on Instagram uh, Instagram, yeah, nice. and get a, a bit of a following there for you in New South Wales. We would absolutely love to have you back on this pod, guys. You, you're fantastic supporters. It was really yeah, nice to talk Paul. to you. Sorry, and um, up the villa. That. Cheers, buddy.
Uh, thanks for joining us for another Aussie Villains podcast. We were joined by Scott and Bradley today, two really passionate Villa supporters, aren't we all? It's always Claret and Blue, it's always Villa. This is the Aussie Villains podcast. <laughs>